Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Episode 120 Penance, the Quagoth Clairvoyant. Welcome to Sidekicks and Sidequests the Dungeons & Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwogi, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Seth Krenwogi's table in the Levitating Platter. everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of sidekicks and side quests the best unofficial dungeons and dragons podcast in my humbly biased opinion i've got a wonderful guest for you this week but before i get to my guest i gotta leave you in suspense with the ad read so you know my good buddy tony vicinda is the brains behind the operations there at plus one exp and he has a brand new subscription service that he would like you to know about and to give a try. It's called RPG Zine Club. It's a monthly membership subscription service uh, that's featuring fresh zines from emerging and expanding creators across the globe. It's our way of inviting GMs, players, and zine lovers everywhere to invest more intentionally in the creative community. So what it has to offer are monthly releases where they put out two 20 to 44 page saddle stitch zines and there's three different kinds of membership whether you are interested in story zines adventure zines or both you can pick your format of print and digital together or just digital of your favorite titles and there is an exclusive area on the discord server of plus one exp called the clubhouse where you can talk about titles your subscriptions guarantee you the best price for each title during the month it's released as well private subscription portal where you can manage your subscription add products or change your information you can change the frequency in which you'd like to receive these games whether you want to be monthly or any other variation of time you only get what you want so if this month's release isn't your jam pause for a month and pick it back up and if you miss a month, why, you can add recent titles to your month's order as well. Annual surprise, get a special surprise each February after your first anniversary. That's pretty cool. You know, access to interviews, how to play videos, and special content for Zine Club. Of course, there is the RPG Zine Club passports that come with this program. And if you uh, redeem your passport at a convention where Tony's at, you can redeem it for a slice of pizza. Of course, you know, this whole endeavor is seeking to partner and work with new as well as your favorites uh, within the indie scene. It's DIE focused as well, you know, trying to champion diversity, inclusion and equity in, in projects and getting to work with creators with diverse experiences that help to make the community better. Again, there's just so much information I can sit here and read to you. Uh, but if you want to learn more, the best place that you're going to go to find out that information is at rpgzine.club again rpgzine.club and that's part of as well if you go to the website plus1exp.com when you're on that website and you need an affiliate code to put in the box to get a discount on your beard balms lip balms or beard rpgs or whatnot make sure you type in the code randolph at checkout again on the website plus1exp.com and make sure you check out the brand new rpgzine club rpgzine.club all right. Well, I am joined uh, by family, by a blast from the past. So for those who are new to the podcast and haven't had the pleasure of being introduced to you the first time, would you care to introduce yourself to our lovely audience? Tell us who it is that you are and what is it that you do? 
Uh, yeah, my name's Seth Krenwogi. Uh, shared last names with said podcast host, Cousins. And I'm a humble college student about to graduate next, should be this time next year, sometime about aspiring writer and human being trying to make it through this Sisyphean task of life. You were one of the people that I had the opportunity to speak with in the beginning part of the pandemic where I was just like going through so many recordings and getting a backlog ready. Yes. So that was really awesome to get to talk to you. And you brought us Ignum. uh, Ignum Aldeus, yes. Yeah. Which that character has since been long finished and done uh, what he was a part of when I was, because I was still like running him as a character when I was, uh, when I did that episode, I think by the time the episode came out, um, his story had wrapped up and finished. I have actually gone back and listened to that episode and I was like, wow, the characters changed kind of a lot since then. (laughs) Very cool. And uh, yeah, and I was just remembering you were like, oh, I'm in college. And, you know, we I think maybe we were trying to figure out like, oh, were you settled on this one major or the other? But it sounds like you're getting ready to graduate with a degree in English or literature. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. English with an emphasis in creative writing. Ooh. Um, I was going to do a, a minor in classics, but that's kind of complex to do here at my university. So I'm not going to do that. Well, you should be pleased to know that uh, since your episode, I did have the opportunity to speak with a fellow UNLV alumni in the form of uh, Johnny Stanton IV, who did have a small, brief stint of time there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. So there's a Very there's cool. a Kevin Bacon degree of, uh, you know, separation there. Sick. <laughs> yeah. So pretty cool. We love Johnny Stanton. You know, he's doing great stuff in the D&D community. So, of course, since you're a returning guest... You know, not that it's a preferential thing because you're family, but, you know, we like to work our way back through the questions as we're getting to reacquaint ourselves with the guests. So before we started rolling, you were saying, oh, it's been a while since I've played. So I feel like that's a pretty easy segue into the last time since we talked again, <laughs> way back when in 2020. Have you had mm-hmm. the opportunity to play any D&D or any other kinds of TTRPG since the last time we spoke? I, yeah, I think the last time I probably played was D&D was probably in either 2020 or 2021. And then I have since branched out and have been playing a multitude of other tabletop RPG games with my friend group uh, online. Okay. Yeah, we kind of strayed away from Dungeons and Dragons for a while and have been, let's see, what did we play? We've played Star Wars Saga Edition. We've done Dark Heresy, the the Warhammer Ooh. tabletop, and we've done Black Crusade, which is another Warhammer one, uh, and Call of Cthulhu, uh, mm-hmm. and just like a bunch. Like we've kind of been dabbling and kind of throwing our our feet into every water, every pond, splashing in every pond we can. Yeah, uh, I haven't gotten a chance to get back around playing D anD. I'd love to do it in person. Um, but my in-person group is kind of very also also a bunch of college students. Um, sure. And all You've got competing majors and competing schedules, I'm sure. Yeah, which is just dreadful to try and line up during the semester. So, mm. Okay. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. And being able to explore other games, you know, just helps to sharpen your role playing creative thinking muscles anyway. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, I like the way I approach characters and like everything. And even the way I run games now is so different after having done it. Because we would do a thing where like one person would run one and everyone else would play. And then it would we'd kind of switch DMs every few weeks. Like we'd have little stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pretty much everybody in our, I think, group of four got a chance to run in every game system that we played, uh, which was actually really fun like getting to familiarize yourself with making a character and then like how to actually run it just different skills you learn and that carry over to different RPGs too. So it's definitely changed like how I approach making a character and how I approach like even running a game. As you're familiar with this podcast, you know, being called something like sidekicks and side quests, have you come across any new or interesting NPCs or sidekick characters, whether they be from, Again, one of the many games you've played on the tabletop, virtual or otherwise, video games, movie, film, television, etc. 
And why has this new NPC or sidekick character stuck with you? Ooh, the the new Star Wars game, Jedi Survivor, the Night Sister, what's her name? Uh, Marin. I really like her, and I really like Seer from those games. I played both of them, mm-hmm. and I know I think it was was it was it this year that that the new one came out? It might have been. I don't. The remember. second one came out this year. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. I remember playing that one, and like I like the whole story with like. Marin, I love Star Wars. So, like anything more Star Wars is amazing. I think we're pretty. I think it's safe to say the Krenwelgies are pretty pro Star Wars. Pro family. Star Wars. I can visibly recall in my memory being over at my grandmother and grandfather's house in Central Texas, and uh, it being summer, and I see little itty bitty Seth running around, <laughs> and then we have the prequel trilogy movies going on. And for me, it it had been like, you know, a decade or so when those had come out. So it was like, yes, definitely Star Wars has been a big part of our family for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So like in recent memory, pretty sure like that whole game series made me cry at the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just like I love I love those characters and they were really well written too. like just since I'm now an English major, I like actually look for like what makes a character good and stuff. So like being able to get into characters and what makes them good, what makes them emotional, what connects you to them is something I always look for in media now because mm-hmm. uh, it's ways to improve my own writing too. So like just viewing those and also they're like badass. They're just like cool. Uh, they have, there's some cool scenes like, like Seer fights uh, like Darth Vader and like you, you get to play and fight Darth Vader and it's so cool. Anything with Darth Vader is cool though. Like of you course. can't really, can't really go wrong with him. No. Yeah, I, think last, <laughs> I think last time I probably, I think I said, I'm trying to remember. I think I said Shepard from Mass Effect. He's also another good one. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course, like Anakin and Darth Vader are classics and Luke. But yeah, you could go on about Star Wars. There's a lot. For sure. Yeah. Especially in between all the other uh, Star Wars universe shows that, you know, have been coming out oh, on boy. Disney Plus. Sure. That's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole other podcast. That's all that is. That is a whole other situation going on there. But yeah, yeah, the games are good. I will say mm-hmm. that the games that they have released are good. Indeed. And same thing. What's been a new or interesting side quest or B plot element that has really captured your attention since 2020? Again, like it's from one of your games. It's a B plot element and film television show etc and what makes this one interesting or different or stand out oh boy i don't know about from games but i have i have done a bit of a reading fits the bill and there's a book series that i really have fallen in love with these past few years it's science fiction uh, it's called sun eater and it's uh, to, to put it simply it's like the roman empire in space with uh eldritch horrors abound okay it is uh, a lot more interesting than I'm making it sound, but for the <laughs> sake of me not rambling on for 40 minutes about uh, about it, uh, it's it's really interesting. And the main character, Hadrian, has this whole plot where like he's essentially trying to stop these abominations from taking over the universe in a very right. roundabout way. And there's like aliens and everything. And I just really love. So I don't know if it's a B plot, but the way the author Christopher Rocchio develops like alien culture uh and hmm. like perceives it through humanity's eyes because the series oh. starts and hadrian like the alien war has been going on for a long time and he thinks he can make peace with them uh, but then you later learn that these aliens are so drastically different from humans that the main character was just like projecting his own views of humanity onto this alien species and thinking hmm. that like they we could actually make peace, but you actually learn that the aliens lang- the alien language doesn't have a word for like surrender or like peace. Like their mm. word for essentially like a compromise is it essentially amounts to less than like you are submit. It's like submission. So like mm. a compromise to them is like submission and like surrender and just seeing the cultural differences with that. Like, it's not really like it is a main part of the story, but if you don't like really take time to think about it, it doesn't really like the full grasp of it doesn't really hit you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really like that the books make you think I've been attracted to books that make my mind work recently. And it's sort of 
Dune-esque as well. It gives, it does have Dune vibes mm-hmm. uh, with like very much swords in space, like laser swords in space, just better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that reminds me because the D&D I've been doing lately is I've been running one-on-one D&D via Google Docs with a friend. And we just came across this interesting point the other day when you said like, oh, the alien language has no basis for like peace or compromise or surrender. Uh, And so my player has come across the infernal language. And so I ruled, you know, her character was asking like, oh, do you have like a concept for love? And so then the character, the NPC responded and was saying like, oh, no, we don't have like that is a foreign concept to like the evil gods who constructed this language. They have no. They have no basis for what love is. And then he lists a bunch of other words like satiated or appeased or like other words that like dance around it, but nothing that truly means love. So it was kind of like eye opening discovering this character. We also I roughly in the moment came up with an analogy of like, oh, infernal and abyssal is like the same relationship between Portuguese and Spanish. Like they sound Mm. similar, but they're actually very quite different. And so an infernal speaker will call like an abyssal language speaker lazy and then an abyssal language speaker will say like oh the infernal is like too prim and proper and you know doesn't have a real grasp on language and so i thought that was kind of a a funny insight i came up with but yeah yeah so the things you can learn from your favorite book series you could just as easily apply into a DD setting especially if you're like you know you're gonna crusade down into hell and like we've got the devils on the rope and then an infernal you learn that like oh, we don't have a word for, we do have a word for surrender, but it means when we're in the dominant position, not from when we're in the the weak position or something like that. Yeah, like, and I'm learning Spanish right now, uh, or at least trying to, because I have to, like learning another language and then like thinking, like experiencing how that changes how you think, because it does play into like people say, knowing another language is like having another soul. You know, and I agree with that to an extent of like, it certainly changes how you think and how you perceive the meaning of words, which is something I think about a lot because I'm an English major. So, yeah, there we go. And then the final way that we'll round out this personal interview section catch up bit is what has been a new or interesting hobby or passion uh, that you've gotten in your life? And why is this stuck with you? Oh, boy. I mean, I love writing. It's not really new. I've been writing since I was like a tiny child. <laughs> I remember writing at grandmother, my Omi's house um, <laughs> on the couch when I was very, very young, um, making terrible, terrible stories that I still have to this day. And I look back at to humble myself, um, <laughs> <laughs> my sixth grade writing. Yeah. Uh, I have recently started playing tabletop Warhammer 40K, uh, which is really like I never expected to be like a war gamer and like a table, like, like that kind of uh, tabletop gamer. But my friend is really into it. Um, and he actually bought me some miniatures to like, cause you have to like cut them out of the sprues and then glue them together and build them and then paint them, paint them. and painted them. Oh, uh, all right. Painted... Okay. So you're following a tradition where you just acquire them, you make them. But yes. you never actually I, I've them. painted some, I've painted some, it's just very time consuming to paint mm-hmm. them. like it takes an astronomical amount of time to do one and i have a lot because he got me a bunch and i was like oh cool we played some low point games and then i was like oh, i'll get some more and i got some more and now i have like a full 2000 point army and we play pretty regularly i go over to his house or we go to our local game store and we play it's a lot of fun like i really like it uh it's just is number one really expensive it is so expensive uh, and it takes a lot of time. Not only do you have to buy them, which is crazy, like crazy amounts of money, in my opinion, for plastic. You have to then spend the time to cut them out, glue them together, and then paint them, and then learn the rules. And then, like it's, it was a. I did not think I would want to get into it. Like I thought mm-hmm. when he bought me some, I'd build them, we'd play, I'd forget about it. But I like kept coming back to it. I was like, it's kind of fun. It's just hang out with my friends and like imaginary shoot stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I play the Adeptus uh, Sororitas, the Sisters of Battle, if you know what that means. Oh, okay. See, my the... only experience goes back to my junior high days, and this mm. is, takes us back way back when to the early 2000s. Yeah, pretty And, uh, you know, my friends wanted to play, and uh, my parents got me some Imperial Guard. I guess that's what they were called then. So I had, like, a little bit of Imperial Guard. 
And so then what our hangouts would be whenever we got together to play, uh, three of my friends would be busy arguing about which characters you could and couldn't use. And then the remaining two of us would be like, wow, look at this thing I made and I painted it. And it's so cool. And so, yeah, eventually that all fizzled out and I ended up selling my stuff to another kid in the neighborhood. Uh, I'm sure for a deal, a steal. So, you know, obviously, thank you, mom and dad, for making that sacrifice to buy that stuff, only for me to then <laughs> months sure later turn around and sell it. Back then, I'm sure it was a lot cheaper back then. The prices have gone up for everything. Oh, yeah. yeah inflation, you know, don't you know? For yeah. sure. Yeah. I, can, I don't think I'll ever get heavily into it simply because it takes too much time. Uh, mm. it, it takes so much time. Um, but like what I have now is probably what I'll keep for until like we don't play anymore. Mm. And I'll sell it. Um, but that's yeah, fun. It's a it's a hobby. It's I hang out with my friends and we do it. It's nothing. We're not like competitive, like super. Mm. Competitive. I know there's like tournaments and stuff. Never been to one of those. And painting competitions like, you know, just people who spend their time painting miniatures and then, you know, submitting them for contests and stuff. Yeah, mine would probably not 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 do very well in painting competitions. <laughs> they're 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 passable at a distance. Sure. Yeah, they have like the weird eyeballs that face different directions <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, that's just like little dots. Yeah, it's it, it works. It's, you know, you're not looking at them up close most of the time. All right. Well, it sounds like we did awesome here in the personal catch-up interview section. And now it's time to head into some NPC creation. Let's do it. And NPC creation is brought to you by you, uh, the podcast audience, and our patrons from Patreon. So, of course, I have to give a shout out to all of my fine supporters. So the queen of the Patreon, of course, being Katie Downey, a.k.a. Goblin Katie. As well, our other wealthy level patrons, including Anson Jablinski, Nicholas Cardarelli, and then Mr. and Mrs. Krenwelgi, my parents. So thank you so much, everyone, uh, for your support of the podcast. Again, just donating $2 a month gets you a shout out. And all of these people I mentioned, being at least the wealthy level, uh, get to introduce an element of chance to our random tables, which I think we're going to use here today. So if you want to learn more, and join the coolest Patreon community out there. Uh, go into the show notes below, go to my podcast website, or just go directly to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests to learn more about our tiers and accommodations at the Levitating Platter. Help us expand our operations in this demiplane and worlds beyond. Okay, so before we started rolling, since you did not have a character prepared uh, this time like you did last time, you have opted for the path of random. Are you ready yes. to embark? Oh, I'm so ready for the path of random. Okay, excellent. All right. Well, without further ado, we begin this dog and pony show uh, with a roll of the D20 to figure out what is going to be the name of our character today. Oh, boy. Grab my D20 and roll that bad boy. I got a two. Two. Okay. Your answer was provided by previous guest, Joshua Simons, Penance. Penance. Yeah. That is a cool name. Okay, and then the next thing we get to roll for is the ancestry of the character. So this is where you get to do a 2d10 d100 roll. And this oh, is where boy. it could swing wildly. So let's figure out what ancestry Penance is. Okay, let's do this d100. Mm-hmm. 62. 62 as I scroll down the list. Okay, so Penance is a Quagoth. A Quagoth? Yes, so those are the bear-like anthropomorphic guys from the Underdark. I think I ran a Quagoth prince as a villain in one of my campaigns once. Oh. Um... So quick jog down memory lane and you'll be like, ah, yeah, I know exactly what these guys are all about. Yeah. Uh, how do you spell Quagoth? Q-U-A-G-G-O-T-H. Oh, I was thinking of something else. Never mind. <laughs> but they I'll just cool. cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> okay, cool. Quagoth. All right. Bear humanoids. Cool. Yep. 
And then let's see, what is the job or role in society for Penance the Quagoth? That will just be a regular D10 roll. Regular D10. Okay. I got a five. Five. Ooh, interesting. Okay, a little bit of synergy here. Uh, your answer provided by our Patreon supporter, your aunt, uh, my mom, uh, Pam Krenwogi. Yeah. Penance is a clairvoyant. A clairvoyant. Yeah. So uh, I guess looks into the ethereal and sees the future or something. Yeah, some sort of future sight, huh? Okay. And then let's see the age range of our character. We determine that with the role of a D8. D8. One. <laughs> child. So a child. child clairvoyance named Penance. That's a Quagoth. So with these key pieces of information in mind, when you hear Penance, Clairvoyant, Child, Quagoth, what is the physical description that comes to mind? Ooh, I am getting like ritual vibes from this. I think this Quagoth, I think Penance is small and like scarred from uh, a, a difficult life perhaps from self-flagellation for some future sin uh, that they mm. have seen themselves committing and uh, are making forcing penance upon themselves for uh, because they have not committed it yet but they will commit it because they are a believer in destiny wow that's pretty metal pretty dark so, uh, yeah, so then interesting for player characters to run across because it's like, well, how can you punish yourself for something you haven't done yet? Well, interesting. Okay. So Moral small, childlike. Uh, so any any particular, uh, I don't, I'm not entirely familiar if Quagoths are necessarily bound to wear clothes, but do you imagine Penance is wearing clothes or robes or anything of that sort of nature? If anything, I think it would be some sort of, some tattered sort of shabby under dark, like stolen from some drow, like too big for them sort of robes. Oh, and they probably carry around if they're clairvoyant, some sort of like ritualistic bones or something or dice or runes. Um, okay. Something akin that would, that would like fit the under dark. Like if you're going to take a bunch of stones and, carve runes into them and cast them to see the future kind of thing. okay so that's how she sees the future she gets a bunch of runic stones and then like rolls them like dice and then reads it based on how how it appears yeah reads the reading the runes um of the future gosh penance read the rune a little bit why yeah. don't you Badoom cha i am a dad i am allowed to make dad jokes on my own podcast you are certainly <laughs> okay and then uh let's see if you had to describe penance with three adjectives what three adjectives would you use oh boy let's see let's challenge the english major and see how good their internal <laughs> thesaurus is discreet uh i think that's an adjective we'll call it someone's being discreet okay yeah Ooh, let's see. I'm trying to go through my catalog of, you know, my mind palace of words. <laughs> and by my mind palace of words, I, of course, mean just all the words that I Google every day. Sure. Thesaurus.com. Uh, Thesaurus.com. Dude, that saves my life so much. I think guilty. Is guilty an adjective? To be. To feel, feel guilty. Like, yeah, guilty. Guilt ridden. Guilt ridden, yeah, I think guilt ridden. Um, okay. And oh boy, what's a word for like somebody who's lonely but wants to reach out? Lonely but wants to reach out, like a feeling of being trapped, isolated. Yeah, yeah yearning. Like yeah, like yearning. Yearning is a good one. Yearning for like connection, but mm. also like afraid of it. So like yearning. Okay. So discreet, guilt ridden, and but they're yearning. Like they want to connect, but they're too afraid. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now we get to go back to some dice rolling. 
So all of our NPCs have to have something cool on them. So what is going to be a valuable item, piece of lore, secret, or ideal or concept that the character would ascribe to? So you roll the D4 first for the category, and then a D6 for the particular thing. Okay, let's go D4. Two. This is going to be a piece of lore. Ooh. Five. Five. Aha! Okay, well, your answer was provided by previous guest, Elizabeth Horsley. Penance knows where a portal to the astral plane is, but it's only big enough for your hand to fit through. (laughs) Okay. And, Uh, you know, with Underdark shenanigans, that would make, I feel like that tracks pretty well. That seems like something you would be able to find in the Underdark. Yeah, the Underdark's full of crazy, crazy stuff. So that's cool. And, you know, she's a child. So obviously at her height perspective of the world, like she would probably be the one to notice. Yeah. It's like in some weird hole that only a child can crawl in. And yeah, but it's only big. Now, is it only big enough for a hand her size or is it like only big enough for a hand for an adult? That would be a good question that I would ask you if I was a player and you were the DM of the game. Oh, and then I'd have to rule. Okay, well then, Dungeon Masters, it's up to you uh, for this piece of lore. How big is the hand-sized portal to the astral plane? Because then it's like you can only get like a, like maybe a few fingers in if it's a child hand size. Mm-hmm. Then what's in the what's in the hand-sized portal? I don't know. Maybe Something you, smaller the, the, than a hand. An size. interesting question that I've been brought up in this game that i've been playing you know the logistical arcane machinations of how the bag of holding works you know the idea that it's like oh it's just a pocket somewhere within the astral sea of where your items are sitting and i figured that there must be some sort of hijinks that ensue when someone figures out like this random magic hole and they reach in and they're actually pulling things out of somebody else's bag Bag of of holding holding. or something Ooh, it's it's a portal it's a hand-sized portal into some somebody's bag of holding like a big bad evil guy or something like that and then suddenly you pull the important evil item and now the bad guy goes into a rage because like hey this important thing mcguffin is now missing and i'm going to tear up the countryside to try and find it the heroes don't know what it is so they can't uh you know they don't know that they shouldn't take it right or they or just they, get useful items out of it that it. they yeah. don't yeah. have any reason yeah. to normally get. It's like, well, I just found Here's, this hole and this magic a holy Avenger was in it, so I guess I take a, it now. Yeah. Finders Here's keepers. A whole, Here's a bunch of uh, magic items. Here you go. Yeah, pretty cool ideas. You know, we give those away for free on this podcast, so hopefully that, th- that will make it into your game. So, okay. And then uh, as we've had the time to learn about this character, this next question you could totally do on your own if you wanted, or if you want to keep with the theme of random, we need a side quest that Penance would be willing to offer or recruit player characters to go and do on her behalf. So if you want to roll randomly, the last dice, D12, or if you're inspired, go ahead and lay it on us or do a combo of both. Let's roll and see what we get. I like the I like sticking to random and let's see what I can do with it when uh, yeah seven seven ah okay another response provided by our previous guest Joshua Simons do an odd job in town do you think that fits with penance if she's yeah, a clairvoyant could... does she know something about this odd job maybe yeah I think penance you know underdark resident but certainly. I think is more uh, attuned to the outside world and perhaps a bit older than her age gives to her uh, or makes her seem because you can see into the future. I feel like that gives you some little bit of maturity, maybe like you're experiencing Mm. the outside world. You know, you're still a child. You don't have that sense of logic, but um, you know, you're a little bit maybe more mature than the average duck. Maybe common phrase. You're more mature than the average duck. Put that uh, you on know, a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, maybe penance needs some component for something, or perhaps some small butterfly effect of retrieving an object will cause something else to happen that penance mm. has seen and needs to happen. And so 
needs this thing to happen. She's, she's been waiting even... for someone to come along to do the thing that she needs done in order for the next thing to go off, like how she saw it in the vision or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or that and... the runes told her this was supposed to happen. And she's like, well, how am I supposed to make that happen? Kind she's of a believer in destiny. So she has to make the thing happen. Mm. You know, because that's kind of is what people who believe in destiny do. They just make the things that they see happen. Okay. And so regardless of uh, whatever that's going to be, okay, so the DM sets forward something, some odd job in town, and she needs you to do it. Okay, interesting. Is she going to be very upfront about why she needs the players to do it, or is she just insistent that, like, they need to do this thing? I think she's, like, kind of kooky seer, you know? Like, uh, there's that old seer at the edge of the village who lives in the abandoned shack with the... With the big hole in it, uh, mm. in the ground that leaves the underdark, uh, or in the basement, uh, go see her. She needs, you know, help. And then it's just like through the door, or maybe like through a slit in the wall or something. She's like, "Yes, do this thing." Uh, I don't know why I gave her like old hag voice, but uh, you know, if she's eccentric. Sure. Okay, all right. So she needs the players to do an odd job in the town in order to fulfill, you know, what she's seen or what she's predicted. So what is going to be the reward for the players once they return to her successfully reporting that, hey, we did the thing you asked us to do? She'd probably be willing to that hole in the astral plane. I mean, it's not like it's worth really very much to her. If the players want to know where a, where a small hole in the astral plane is, I think that would be, you know, do an odd job, get some information. Or if they want a more physical reward, mm-hmm. uh, I think it would, I think enticing them that there might be something in there uh, that they could go and retrieve if they wanted to would be also another good little lead into another quest, maybe. Okay. I was going to say, I, I, you know, imagining a child you know, being a dad of a young child, just imagining like, oh, I know where this thing is. And it's this like, if you reach thing, in there yeah. and you like, you think hard enough of what you want, you can, you'll feel it in your hand, you'll grab it and pull it out. Yeah. And so that'd be kind of cool of like, oh, if they actually look in there and do an arcana check, they realize, oh, it's a portal to the astral plane. But a kid may only reason it as like, this is like the wishing well or the wishing stones or yeah, whatever and it's like you coin at this wall and it disappears and then you can reach in and pull something better out or you know something yeah some sort of childlike sort of fairy tale logic to it right exactly like yeah yeah you just reach your hand in and you think really hard of like what you want and then you just pull it out sometimes you get what you want sometimes you get something better sometimes you get something worse yeah i think that i like doing that like subverting expectations like that where you you play with the words and the perception of an item or an object or something like the, like an astral plane hole and you, and you know, make it sound different, but really it's not. And I think it intrigues players more. It makes them want to go, Ooh, what's that? I don't know what that is. I've, I've never heard about that. You yeah. Know? Especially for people who've been playing for a long time who might recognize these things by normal descriptions. Right. Although that would be super hilarious of like someone, you know, low level, like, sure i'll think about like this high level weapon i've heard about and then suddenly they pull it out and they're like what do i do with this now yeah Uh, interesting yeah but then they have the high level adventurers coming to track them down being like hey you stole something from me i don't know how you did it but you stole something from me that that is the sword of my father only one of them exists in all of the realm and somehow you have been adventuring around with it for months Mm mm-hmm I've heard you tales. Know, I've heard tales I've, of these I've impossible things happening. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. I like that idea of a kid just being like, it's the wishing, it's the wishing well, realm. it's the wishing yeah. stones. Yeah. Just reach in. Think of it. Okay. Uh, but then we have to consider the opposite. What's going to be the consequence of failure or refusing the call to do this odd job in town? Ooh. Is this going to trigger like some sort of thing for her, you know, because she's envisioned this great thing happening in her future. And that's why she's punishing herself, even though she's a kid and shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, I think. Or is that not the direction you'd take it? 
she's clairvoyant, you could almost play her to like be a constant thorn in the side of the adventurers as they go along. Mm -hmm. I think it would be more drawn out of a punishment. Uh, Whereas Mm -hmm. like maybe nothing happens right away, but maybe a few weeks from now when you're doing something else and you need to get something, it's just not there. Mm. Uh, Or, you know, or there's some, some sort of note like, Hey, do this job and you'll get this back sort of thing because she's clairvoyant so technically you could play with you could give her like perfect prescience of the future or you could Mm -hmm. like make it not so good but if i was gonna say i'm reminded of a character from fallout new vegas if you're familiar with that game there was the little boy who lived under the underpass community on the the stretch of the highway and so he was a clairvoyant character and basically if you talk to him or like you befriended him or did something he would give you like hints about the plot of the game and stuff like that so certainly could be a thing where you know borrowing that sort of influence of like oh they fail they refuse her maybe she starts telling them about like all the awful things that are going to happen to them in the party or like you know hints about the big bad evil and you know all those big bad evil things actually do end up happening because they blew off this kid thinking like oh you're just you play with rocks and you're silly and we don't want to deal with, you know, collecting the 10 chickens that escaped their pen in the town or whatever it was. Yeah. When, yeah. And then the consequence is like, she reads them their futures and it's terrible. The and, dark and overlord and will reign. Will supreme. again. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't collect these 10 chickens. <laughs> He'll do it a lot sooner than he was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. The chicken lich. He'll, erupt out of his grave in 10 days if you don't collect these 10 chickens you never know you never know you never know so how does penance interact with different groups of people whether they're friends or family enemies or rivals other people in the community etc is there nuance in how penance will interact with people or is she just very one note across the board uh i think with strangers she'll come across as kind of like very childlike, but uh, childlike, but like aloof uh, sort of uh, not really like fully there. And then with like friends, if, if they do become friends, I think she'd be willing to be a little bit more vulnerable about like why she is the way she is, why she's so like uh, like guilt ridden and terrible. Uh, I think she's the type to like talk to herself and like chide herself and be like, no, no, you shouldn't have done that. And like all this mm. like weird kind of idiosyncratic things. Uh, whereas maybe she's not talking to herself in the present, but she's talking to herself in the future when she's mm. doing something that she doesn't like, but she's speaking it in the present. Interesting. Yeah. And then I think for like enemies, if anybody makes enemies with her, she definitely think would be the type to, to like allude to like a dooming future for them, even if that might not necessarily be, be true, kind of mm-hmm. try and give them some existential dread and make them freak out and give them more anxiety. Mm. The yes. worst kind of enemy. The worst kind, the anxiety building. Inducing enemy. Yeah. Inducing enemies, yes. All right, well, now that we've had the opportunity to make a penance here in NPC creation. I think it's time we head into our next segment called the random encounter. This random encounter is brought to you by Zencaster. Of course, Zencaster is the platform that I'm using now to be able to acquire recordings for my interviews. It is a great alternative from what I used to use uh, back in the olden days of the podcast. And I'm so grateful to my buddies, Dane and Benjamin over at the Dispel Magic podcast for turning me on to this service. Of course, you've heard me mention and talk about Zencaster a couple of times in some of these ad read breaks. And uh, hopefully by now, you know, the story and all the good talking points. Um, But you know what, they gave me a script. So I'm going to stick with that. So you know, it's easy. Super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. You log in using your browser. You start recording a high-quality podcast right away. You can record studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. 
Feel a sense of Zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. That is certainly what I appreciate about Zencaster's that they put so much consideration into this. So I never have to worry again about if a connection drops or if someone's laggy or there's just, you know, some gremlins working in the machines uh, against us. I always have that confidence of knowing that I'll be able to get my recordings later. You can definitely sound your best, and if you've worried about what you might sound like, uh, if you're ever on a podcast, why Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth, it automatically removes the ums and ahs in your recordings, and it removes those awkward pauses and conversation too. Just set the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with the click of a button. It's all in one. If you have thought about starting a podcast you know, who isn't these days in 2023 going into 2024 and you thought you needed a bunch of stuff, you know, it's the holidays coming up and you're like, oh my goodness, do I need to put a $500 microphone on my Christmas Amazon list? I don't know. Well, those days are done. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and you can distribute it to Spotify, Apple, and all the other major destinations. So taking a bunch of headache out of the analysis paralysis of you wanting to start your podcast this holiday season go to zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code side kq podcast and you'll get 30 percent off your first month of any zencaster paid plan i want you to have the same easy experience as i do for all my podcasting and content needs it's time to share your story thank you so much to the sponsor and back to the podcast and so, you know, here in the random encounter section, we like to do a little bit of a role play, a little bit of a vignette, a scene with the character that's been made on the podcast. So I think my cousin Seth will do a brilliant job in portraying oh boy. Penance, the Quagoth clairvoyant child. Uh, but the question becomes, who should I be in the scene? Am I going to be one of my adventurer characters or am I going to be, uh, you know, someone from the community someone from the past someone from her future uh maybe she's talking to like a future version of herself or something like that i don't know what kind of scene are you interested in portraying and showing off penance in Ooh, let's see i think an interaction with like a person looking to get something out of her like an adventurer like somebody looking for maybe a reading or something maybe they've heard of this crazy seer on the edge of town or something maybe they're an adventure looking for a quest okay all right so a podcast adventurer character so we've got the list to go through so i'll name them all so we got duncan the recklessly brave adventurer for hire happy go lucky no task too small no feet too daring uh we have sonia the warrior woman who started as a barbarian multi-classed into a paladin who serves to redeem the undead we have korak the lawful evil arcane trickster roguish dwarf. We've got Chrisley, the herbalist botanist wood elf druid who multiclassed into a cleric that serves living memory. We have um, Orion, who's the astral elf illusionist wizard. And then we've got Agape, who is the lilac colored tiefling Sorlock, who started off as a wild magic sorcerer with Feywild influence there and then now has become a archfey warlock pact uh, and i believe that should be all the characters that we have in the roster as it were so you have those to choose from or if none of those sound good you're more than welcome uh, to help us create a new one now let's go with uh agape that sounds agape. like agape man agape has just been on a hot streak hot hot streak i think it's the late. name it's got to be the name as soon as i heard the name agape i was like wow that one's yeah. Yep. It's the whole virtue name thing with the tiefling, don't you know? So where we last left our hero, Agape, she was coming back from her whole series of adventures. Uh, you know, she had squared off against the five-sided fates, the five aspects of fate. And then she had returned to the mortal realm and met with this very strange Kenku, whose name was a gargle noise. And there was a whole Hatfields and McCoy situation where she was stripped of her weapons and leathers and stuff and she had to go settle this feud and then after that she got back on the road and she met this very strange dragonborn 
Orja Dragrax. And, you know, he followed her back to town and was being very cagey and stuff like that. And it turns out, you know, he had this whole vendetta against the Fae. So that was kind of like a little bit of a hair raising situation, but no, but thankfully her, her arch fae was able to kind of set the scene straight. I don't know if that meant anything nefarious or bad happened to Orgid Dragax, but maybe there was a conversation. Maybe he was pointing in a different direction or maybe he was removed from the board. I don't know. Arch do what they will, but it's sometime after that adventure and again, Agape is working with this network to try and help this community, this burgeoning steampunk magic-y community make sense of their growing in the world with technology, but also cooperating with nature. And it's not long before Prosperina, her Archfey patron, comes to her and says, there's an interesting individual that we've learned about through our intel that's kind of come in the area has taken up and, you know, kind of in the more rundown part of town where a lot of this, you know, still bias, prejudice, you know, pollution, you know, some of the stuff that we've been really trying to fight with this mageocracy and, you know, the, all these industrial types uh, with kind of just uh, plowing over. There's someone from the Underdark who's taken up residence there in an abandoned shack. Very interesting, very curious sort of individual. So I want you to go make contact and figure out what, what's going on. So Agape says right away, boss. Uh, and so she begins to approach this shack. And so she'll knock and be like, hello, hello. Is is there anyone in there? Hello? Hello. Hello. Yes. What? Yes. <clears throat> now, what do you want? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Are you busy? Do I need to come back later? Mm-hmm. Busy. Always busy all the time. No, that was fine. Hmm. Yeah, Agape's a little taken aback by the manner of speaking. Um, She'll try and do an insight check, but we'll say that her insight check is inconclusive. So she's just like, maybe there's more people in there having a conversation or there's just, I don't know, she can't quite make a read of the situation, but she'll continue nonetheless. And she'll say, "Uh, well, I represent interests. Uh, that are trying to help the community, and my boss was curious to meet you, and so I was sent to make the introductions. Mm. Boss, mm. Agape will hear the clattering of rocks uh, briefly and shuffling. Mm. Boss, mm. Prosperina, then. Interested in me for being here for your community. I'm not welcome. I will be. Is that what you mean? Oh, interesting. Well, you are clever, aren't you? She'll say through the door uh, because she didn't reveal the name. And so she somehow figured it out. So she's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is the reason why Prosperina wanted to talk to her. So. Well, uh, if it helps to speed things along, um, my name's Agape, and uh, what what might I call you? I call me, and will call me Penance, and have called and shall always call myself Penance. Penance, lovely. Yeah, I think I knew a Penance once. Good, good, good lad. So she's she's sitting there, kind of like doing the awkward thing of like where she's like. You know, it might be better to have this conversation not necessarily through a door. Is there any way that you're going to open up and, and we can talk face to face? I, you know, I am a tiefling. I suppose I have to warn you, but like I'm, I'm lilac colored and I'm, I'm pretty nice and cool. Any chance of that happening? Mm-mm. Some more rock clattering, some shuffling, uh, the sound of a latch being unlocked. And the door creaks just a little bit, and there's still like a hook uh, across it, like one mm-hmm. of like the hotel doors. And these little quagoth uh, child peeks out with very bright, sort of almost starlight esque eyes, uh, kind of peeking out from a dark interior. Mm-hmm. Doors open now, and she'll kneel down to like kind of be more on her level. She'd be like, aren't you a darling little thing? Mm-mm. Little now. 
won't be won't be soon bright oh do you need help with something mm. is that what will get you to leave uh and make the introduction with uh, uh prosperina mm. Mm. i will need help i have needed help no yes those those and she points out the door to behind mm. uh agape at a little firefly that is kind of puttering about uh, in the in the air. Those I hate them. I hate them. The right, the right things mm, all around my home, outside and the windows, and always will be unless unless they're not. She looks into the eyes of Agape. You so you don't like fireflies. Take them away. Okay, so you just you just need me to get rid of the fireflies in a jar. Oh, in a so you want me to collect fireflies in a jar? Yes, and then take them and give them and give them as a gift to Prosperina. Oh, will. I see. Give them as a gift. Give them as a gift to Prosperina. Okay, yeah. Suppose it's been a while since maybe she's had some nice fireflies to hang out with. Uh, sure, okay. So you know, seeing that she's dealing with a child and this is a child's request, she's just like, "Sure, do you have a jar that you want me to use? I don't know if I have one on my person right now." We'll have one. She turns, leaves the doorway, kind of hear the small pitter patter of feet and some shuffling, mm-hmm. small crack and breaking of something like glass breaking knew that would happen and then some more shuffling she comes back to the door and presents a uh, cracked jar this okay I, I guess I will make this one work she has to think in her memory if she has the mending cantrip or anything like that I can't remember if sorcerers and warlocks know that one but she might say, oh, maybe I'll have to have to buddy fix this one, but uh, I'll, I'll make it work. OK, so just catch all the fireflies around here and then give them to Prosperina. And then we will meet and my will be welcome. All right. And so begins the uh, Legend of Zelda-esque sort of running around this area, trying to catch a bunch of fireflies in a broken jar. And scene. So there we go. Uh, what'd you think getting to be Penance, the uh, little Quagoth clairvoyant? I'm not good with high-pitched voices, so I just kind of went with a disgruntled, middle-aged uh, woman, which, you know, it works. Sure, but maybe I'll have done some editing tricks, and uh, maybe I'll, I will have pitched your voice higher or something like that. Uh, time will time will tell. We'll see. Time will only tell. Uh, yes. Our little future... <laughs> penance um i think perhaps this is a task that maybe doesn't have something of import to her future and she just doesn't like fireflies being from the underdark sure yeah she's used to like glowing funguses and like low mellow lights and the the occasional burst of the the phosphorescence from a firefly i guess must be disturbing somehow perhaps she likes the dark more Mm, okay cool yeah, so just overall vibes of uh, your random character that you got to make today and your just vibes of being back on the podcast after so many years now at this point. Yeah, uh, it's it's been a blast. I mean, it's uh, it's always fun to... I love... I think one thing that has cemented playing different RPGs uh, is the like random rolling of encounters and of characters. I do that. I used to not do that so much years ago. Uh, I used to like plan and make every NPC and everything like meticulously. But I really have, especially with the new RPGs I've been playing, um, have really loved just rolling random everything because somehow mm-hmm. it all fits. Like it all seems to, I feel like the dice have are possessed and somehow know the right result to land on to make a good story. You know, dice tell stories, I guess. So I've, I've the random rolling is certainly something I've been doing a lot of recently. Yeah. 
or it just makes you better at like anticipating the needs of the story. So certainly I'll use random tables to, you know, in my D and D games I run will help me like, Oh, if I just need to invent someone on the spot. And then, you know, after a couple of like tiny prompts, like, you know, their ancestry or something like that, I suddenly can get an idea in my head of like, okay, this is who this character is. This is what their life is about. This is what their story is about. And this is how they're different or maybe slightly subvert expectations or something like that. And so then it just helps to make the world that much more richer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. I think uh, and it helps you with the improv too, yep. being able to pick things up on the spot, which is a totally have invented characters on the spot, which yeah. might have on paper not had any reason or sense being made, but regardless they were and now they're beloved by you know more than just me so <laughs> and now you have to keep them you are stuck with them forever you are stuck with boblin the goblin so <laughs> forever which uh, my um, thing i did on social media was uh boblin the goblin should just be like a super popular talking doll magic item in your world it's like ah the hit stonecast <laughs> podcast uh, with uh the adventurer characters in your realm and then their faithful sidekick boblin the goblin boblin the goblin yeah and then everyone went crazy for the talking doll toys much like <laughs> the tickle me elmos or whatever else in the real yeah. world so yeah, there we go a little bit of free world building once again so uh, yeah, so we're here at the uh, the final thoughts section. So, you know, anything else you wanted to conclude or share with? Otherwise, you know, I always leave the last part for the guests. So anything you've got to plug, you know, where can people find you online if you want to be found um, and any other passions or causes that we need to be made aware of? Not really anything to plug or anything like that. I mean, maybe in a few years, look out for me publishing a book. That probably won't be for like three or four years. I mean, hopefully sooner, but who knows? It's not even done yet. Um, <laughs> but it's in it's in the it's in the works. Uh, so yeah, I guess look out for the Quinwogi name. We'll we'll be out there doing something. We will maybe of good, hopefully not bad, and uh, have empathy for your fellow human beings. And thanks for having me on. It's always fun to catch up. Well, I mean, it, I, I, you're family, and so I have to love you automatically, but it's always yeah. a delight and a treat anyway to get to visit, even if for only an hour. So, Seth, thank you once again for hopping on the microphones and making cool characters, and I can't wait to have you back on to make even more NPCs. Anytime. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and SideQuests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Overcast, or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. If you don't like using podcast apps and services, I'm proud to announce that I'm in the process of uploading the podcast to our very own dedicated YouTube channel, which you can find by searching for Sidekicks and Sidequests. All future episodes should automatically publish to our YouTube channel. Visit our website sidekicksandsidequests.com for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up to date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and the corresponding threads, Twitter, now rebranded X, and Reddit by searching for SideKQ Podcast. You can now also find a very tiny community on Discord as well. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art, stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you'd like to hail the bard, simply send me an email at sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes, five stars if you please, to help spread the word and share our podcast with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. As mentioned in the NPC creation section of the show, I do in fact have a Patreon for the podcast. If you love this podcast and you want to help support us and take our show to the next level, I would appreciate it if you would go to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests. No matter your lifestyle expenses, we have wonderful rewards at every level of Patreon membership tier. Modest, comfortable, wealthy, and aristocratic accommodations await, and we welcome all patrons to the Levitating Platter. Seriously, your financial support allows for this passion project to continue to invest in itself 
through the tools that will take our production to the next level, as well as provide more content for our patrons and the community at large. Please consider supporting me on Patreon if you can. Cakes inside classes unofficial fan content permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four. Oh! Psychics, psycho!